Welcome to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. We are excited that you are here. Bubba, I mean, th- this man th- that we interviewed today uh, plays such a big role in Rick and Bubba history. He's been with us, um, really, uh, and has produced some of the most historic Rick and Bubba moments uh, in our history. Um, I guess he said 98, and that's when, that, that's when we came to um, – he's really – we came to Birmingham in 98, though. He came all up yeah, to, I think to he, Gadsden one time. Yeah. I think you're going to exceed 98. Yeah, I think he was up there pushing something once upon a time before that. But, of course, we're talking about Gene Hallman, Gene Hallman. who is the uh, executive director and presidente of the Bruno event team. Gene, welcome to the Rick and Bubba University. It's good to be here. How, how long have you guys been doing the podcast? Podcast has been uh, Adler. What do you think? Adler, we, uh, how long do you think we've been doing this podcast here? We got to be right about 150 episodes, or about 120. 120. So you're just now getting to me, huh? That's right. <laughs> that was my point. Well, I you've was been there busy. from the beginning. You've been busy. You've number been busy. 121 on our list. Gene <laughs> Holman. We're down there, guys. Anybody think about Holman? <laughs> no. Uh, so tell everybody because the thing about these podcasts and and with all the different platforms the show's on now. Uh, there are people that may be being introduced to you for the first time. Uh, I, I've talked to people before that their only Rick and Bubba experience they have is is the podcast, and I try to tell them about the rest of it. And they basically said, "I think I'm going to give you 45 minutes, and we'll see about the rest of it." But, <laughs> but w- tell everybody what 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 is it that you do? Run sporting events, right. um, manage them from the beginning to the end, with all the components in between. Sell tickets. Um, get the volunteers, sell sponsorships, do the operations and logistics, traffic, parking, soup to nuts for a wide variety of sports. Uh, It's very interesting. We work all over the country. We have 70 employees, nine offices, including one in Bermuda. We'll talk about that in a second. But, I think uh, that goes back that to the resume t- I was yeah, mentioning. That's probably a tough one to go fire the troops <laughs> up with. So it's, it's been a, a, a blessing. It's absolutely God's hand in my life to to take me from where I wanted to be in this business and didn't know a soul to where I am today and um, it's been a remarkable experience talk a little bit about landing in Birmingham yeah because we're we always joke that you know you're the king of all marketing and you know if Gene's not in it it ain't happening but when you you came to Birmingham from South Carolina you knew nobody tell us about day one well I moved here on a uh, Saturday after Thanksgiving and I came from South Carolina, and uh, I, I felt like I was up to speed on sport. But I, I came in and parked at the residence inn on Highway 280. I went to a grocery store. There was no one in there. And I'm like, this is weird. It was such a nice grocery store. It was the Bruno Supermarket, which was the title sponsor of our golf tournament, to be held the next year for the first time. And I remember walking around the grocery store going, what? Nobody's in here. <laughs> Went back to my hotel room, turned on the TV, and the Iron Bowl was on. Oh, yeah. buddy. That's how out of sync I was with the local community. With the culture. Yeah. So even in South Carolina, which is not exactly the other end of the earth from Alabama, you and we tell people this all the time, and you now say that, they think they understand the Auburn-Alabama thing. But, you, but they don't. You don't. I, I really thought even South, from South Carolina. You didn't I know. thought South Carolina Clemson was comparable until I moved here, and then I laugh at that now. <laughs> right, and I that's mean, a pretty fierce rivalry. It is. Yeah. So, but so what? What happened though? Like I always, I'm always interested in this. That's why I love doing the podcast now because you get to do these kind of things. I know back when when you know I was a child, Bubba when he was a child, we had childhood interest in what we now do for a living. Did you? 
I mean, did, did you do you, did you aspire to be into sports marketing event? It was How it was a happen? different. That's a great question. It was a different path for me, Rick. I went to undergraduate school, then I went to graduate school, and the primary reason I went to graduate school is because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I kept just trying to drag it out, yeah, buying time, and yeah. waiting for an epiphany. And then I went into the corporate world, into the computer world with a Fortune 100 company, got promoted to their headquarters in Ohio, was there five years, but a article in Sports Illustrated came out in 1989 about IMG, which is the original sports marketing event company formed back in the early 60s. I read that article, put it down. I said, there's the epiphany. That's what I want to do. Right then. Right then. And I knew a professional golfer. I went to see him. He said, you can be my agent. So I hung out my shingle, moved back home with my parents at age 30, paid them rent, borrowed money from my friends and other sources, and did that for a year and a half and realized this is too tough to be a solo act in, these, in this land of giants. And so I heard about this golf tournament starting in Birmingham with the title sponsor being Bruno's. I cold called, got an interview, got the job, moved here without knowing a single person. No one. No one. And you weren't going to introduce yourself to anyone on Iron Bowl Day. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, mean, I felt really stupid when I turned it on. And say, from, they were at Legion Field. And yeah. So, Gene, the, the golf tournament had already been scheduled to start before you got in. Yes, they had agreed. That's what drew you here, though. Yeah, they were looking for a staff, so they just agreed to do it. Uh, Bruno Supermarket to be the title sponsor. And the senior PGA Tour was so hot at the time with Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus playing that the first date that they could get that was open was August. Oh. Opposite the PGA Championship. And hot. Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> and um, so we made the announcement, went about our business, Worked really hard, um, great first year, very successful. Three years down the road, uh, Bruno's sold. They remained our title sponsor, and their CEO and president became my business partner. We started Bruno Event Team, and we've been in the business since 1995 of doing events other than the golf tournament. That's when we Oof. we branched out. Yeah. We did Olympic soccer, SEC baseball tournament, and other events. When you when you start branching out, though, you've never done that before. How do you how do you pull that off, not knowing what you're doing the first time? <laughs> it kind of goes back Is to when you started the golf day. You didn't know what you were doing. I, you know what? I'd never been to a senior PGA Tour event when I became the tournament director of one. Um, it, it's what you guys did. It's what. A lot of people do when they pursue a passion. You figure it out as you go along, and you work hard, and you surround yourself with very good people. It sounds so cliche-ish, but it's true. You just do the fundamentals. You work really hard, and things tend to work out. No, it's you funny know, you said that because the first time I was ever given a job to DJ, and I, and I bet you had a similar experience because I knew this was my passion, the guy asked me, do you know how to cue a record? And I didn't. And I said, oh, sure, sure, absolutely. <laughs> and for the longest, I would just start the other record and, and time them because that's what I was doing when I was a little kid at home. And finally, the person who was coming in after me, I saw them go, and I, and I, looked, I said, no, what, what, it's, I, I, you cue it different than I do. Yeah. I said it like that. And so, but, but now when they interviewed me, I knew how to cue it. And then I knew when I get there, I'll figure it out. 
Is that kind of? I mean, you, you knew you had. So the did passion. you lie like Rick did? <laughs> yeah, I basically did. I was smoking mirrors. I remember the first recruiting trip I took to go get players. I see Chichi Rodriguez. I'm I'm frankly kind of nervous. I'm very nervous, and I'm talking to him, and he says, "Hey, Parge, do y'all have a good FBO there in town?" And I went, "FBO." I said, "Yeah, we got a great one." Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what it was. It's the fixed space operators where the private planes yeah, flying yeah, to. Yeah. And, and I'm like, yeah, we got a bunch of them, Chi-Chi, a bunch of them. We got two. <laughs> you know? Well, it is more than one. Yes. But, Gene, don't you think, no matter what <laughs> you're doing, whether you're queuing records, doing what you do, it's about people. And you have to be able to build yeah. a rapport with people. And if you can do that, I think you can work in any industry because the rest of it just becomes the technicality of the job, right? That's it. At its core – Sporting events and business in general, they're all the same. A guy that I, I really love to listen to, and this is also a cliche, is Nick Saban. If you listen closely to him, and, and sometimes when you hear him on the surface, you go, well, that's just basic stuff he's saying. But if you really listen and pay attention to it, it is all about the fundamentals of how you treat people, your work ethic, attention to detail, and all those things come together and create success in any Right. Industry or business, the so, system. It's yeah. all about the system. So, yeah. so you you get to the the Bruno event team. You figure it out. Y'all do the tournament. It's successful. At this point, are you just like obviously? I know the answer to this because here, here you see it, and and we'll talk about a great honor that you're about to receive. But you you knew immediately that this was the right call. I love this. I've I've got a knack for this. Uh, there was never that moment going, oh, no, I should have never done this. Uh, I mean, I know you have the thing, I may be in over my head or whatever, but at this point, when you have the successful tournament, you're like, hey, look, this is what I was This is what I was made to do. Yes, but there was always, and still to this day, is this underlying um, fear of failure yeah. and, and this uneasiness that it's not going to be good enough, and right. I've got to – I ne- so I never got too comfortable with the fact that it was my calling. Uh, I, the older I get, I get a little bit more comfortable with it. But that first year after the event was done, I took a deep breath and said, okay, that was great. And then immediately started thinking about next year. Of course, yeah. Because I was scared. I was operating from a position of I can't fail. My back's against the wall. I owed money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Trevino used to say, you know, pressure is when you have a putt for $10 and you have $5 in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> that's pressure, and, and yeah. that's how I felt. Well, uh, we'll come back. We'll talk more about this because uh, now things are rolling, and there's so many ties now to the show and how we met you. And I know folks that follow the show certainly want to hear about the Rick and Bubba historic mem- uh, moments with, with Gene Hallman, too. As we unpack uh, the life and times of Gene Hallman on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. All right, so we, we all know this. If you've you've dealt with, uh, you know, your wife wanting to do some more landscaping around the house, you know, here we are. It's springtime. I can already see my wife. Her, she she can't wait to get over. And 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 the thing that that we usually don't like though, Sherry, what used to, before we found this great uh, organization, you would go over to the place where you buy plants and you'd look for this, and they don't have this tree, and I can't find this. And and before you know it, uh, the the car comes back. There's dirt all over it. Uh, and then whatever you have there, you get it out. It takes it forever uh, to ever really look good. And many times it, it fails. Yeah, don't make it. They don't make it. That's why you now are going to appreciate Rick and Bubba because uh, we're pointing you to fastgrowingtrees.com. 
You are going to love this. They're experts. They they have thousands of plant varieties that will thrive in your specific climate, location, and whatever your needs. No waiting in lines. I mentioned no messy cars. No hauling plants from all over town. You simply order online or over the phone, and your plants are shipped to your door in one to two days. Plus, they're growing in carrot bias. You know, like how I'm in a bind. I'm not sure what's the best soil. Where should, where should I put it? Shade, no shade. How much light? Wow, too much light. They're available to you 24-7, uh, so they'll answer all those questions. And if you're trying to add some natural beauty to the yard, fast-growing trees, they have the perfect plants and the expertise to help you Find them. Uh, we love them now. Uh, this has made our life so much easier, and it will for you. Uh, so, plus, they have a 30 day alive and thrive guarantee that you can trust everything will be healthy for years to come. So, here's what you need to do, Bubba. This is what we call in our business, Gene, the call to action. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to fastgrowingtrees.com/slash Bubba right now. We'll get you 15% off your entire order. 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Bubba. That's fastgrowingtrees.com slash Bubba. Rick and Bubba University, Gene Hallman, our guest. Gene, I've got to know, you started with golf. You've worked your way out. You've done soccer events, uh, Olympic grade. You've done tennis, world events. Uh, you've done game day operations now for a lot of Southeastern Conference schools with their football, which has to be – Oh, my goodness. It, I mean, that has to be a huge step in the complexity game. I mean, that has to – and you you organize all that and work that out for the university. Well, we got a call in 2007 from the University of Alabama to come down and take a look at their game day operation. And I'd been there a couple times as a fan – but never really looked at it from a business perspective. And I went down, got in the helicopter with TPD, got an aerial view, rode around, and I said, I think we can make a difference. We put together a game plan. They hired us. We worked very closely with UAPD, the university, and I think we've made a big difference in terms of making it safer, more convenient. The days of fans putting up with two- and three-hour drives into Mm. a stadium and sort of organized chaos are over because there's so many television options. Back when we were growing up, your team might be on television two or three times a year. So you, if you wanted to see them play, you went to the stadium. Right. Oh, you yeah. paid the price. Yeah. That price people are willing to pay to get off the couch has become much lower. And you've got to make that easier for them to get there. I, I can't imagine – what that because you're right. I have seen you make a difference. Uh, just going to Alabama games and and the others that you work with. Because I, I can tell you, I am one of those people. The experience used to be so horrifying. The minute it was readily available, every single game on TV, and if I don't have a a family member coaching or I don't have a kid playing, I wasn't gonna go. Yeah, you know, I was just like, I can sit right here and watch the game. But you have, because I have had personal reasons or a game I just want to go see, and it certainly is a much better situation. And uh, but I can't imagine like day one. What do you What are you looking for when you're flying up there looking down? What What are you seeing? This is inefficient. That's illogical. They shouldn't do it that way. Is that the stuff you're looking at? Yeah, and, and the way a city or flows. Yeah, and, and you're putting yourself kind of back in the shoes of the fan. That's the mm-hmm. key. And the, mm-hmm. you guys are constantly putting your shoes and foot, feet in the shoes of a listener. I'm mm-hmm. doing the same thing with someone driving in, a father with his wife and three kids screaming in the back seat. 
anxiety. I call it driveway anxiety. When they pull out of their driveway, no. where are you going? Where are you going to park? How are you going to get there? Am if I going to be safe? Can exactly, I get there? Exactly How far is the wall? Right. Exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. And if you don't eliminate that anxiety or make it very low, they won't come. A college football attendance as a whole has been on a downward tr- trend for a decade. A lot of people don't realize that. And, and yeah, the, the athletic departments are making more money through television right. rights. But there's that intangible feeling of having that big home crowd, having that stadium full. The 12th man. The 12th so speak, man. Yeah. And, 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 and it's become a big concern. And mm-hmm. so we've been hired by Auburn. We're doing work for UAB, Alabama State, helping all of those with their game day. And I think we can help more. So if you're an athletic director, please give us a call. <laughs> no, really. Gene is here and he's ready. Gene, when you, as you learned this process, though, what was the biggest jump or the most eye-opening thing that you you had learned far as the different sports was there a, a point where you you learned a lot more about traffic or people or or how did that progress I guess is what I'm trying to say um gosh that's a great question I think the the, the biggest learning curve is is how our first tournament we did without the internet cell phones social media and and didn't people, exist. And people literally cut out coupons out of the newspaper, filled it out, sent a check in to buy tickets. When I tell that to my kids who are eighteen and sixteen, wow. they look at me like I'm a caveman. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that's that's the long and short of it is 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 taking that world into this world, and I still feel like I'm chasing the digital stuff because. I'm 62, and it's like you know, yeah. what is all this stuff? Yeah. Uh, and so that's why you hire a bunch of quality young people like your son <laughs> yeah, to, to help you yeah. figure it out. Well, so it, to kind of take Bubba's question and expand on it. So th- I know this has to be true. So now that you're doing so many things, you have to kind of educate and become educated on, all right, I'm dealing with fans of golf. I'm dealing with fans of indie series. I'm dealing with football fans. I'm dealing with baseball fans. And there are federations de- that yeah. regulate these sports. I'm dealing with soccer fans. And, you know, I, probably one of the most daunting things you ever had to do was approach me about promoting a soccer <laughs> Communist sport. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you yeah. probably sat there and says, I, now i got to go talk to Burgess about it. <laughs> but what I'm saying is these are all unique fan bases, and you've got to design their experience, I would, I would think, differently. Are there some things that just apply to everybody? That's it. Okay. Surprisingly, the core of every sport, including dealing with the federations, the personality types are similar. It's not good or bad. It's just what it is. They, they, they're more bureaucrats. They, they deal with rules and compliance. And whether it's the SEC, the NCAA, the USGA, or the PGA Tour, they're similar. They're demanding, as they should be. Uh, they're very black and white, as they should be, and that's how you approach it. As far as fans are concerned, it's more or less the same thing across the board. Uh, participants, same thing. They want to be treated. Think about a participant in any sport. They're, they're constantly on the road. So the little things you can do to make their life better and easier between competition rounds the better off you're going to be, whether it be offering free haircuts, transportation. laundry, transportation, yeah. Uh, better food options, whatever it may be, to make their life a little easier on the road. Well, Show, they love that. Southern hospitality, that really wins out. So, like in the golf tournament, you you are working with the golf course. You're working with homeowners associations around that. You're working with 
the golf uh, governing body, PGA. Um, but you still got to sell golfers to come to the tournament, right? So you're asking fans to come, and you're asking golfers to come, trying to get them to meet in the middle. Well, you're trying to get members, media, fans, <laughs> volunteers, participants, the organizing committee, all on the same page. And they all want the same goal, but they all don't get there the same way. So you have to really do fit your strategy to that constituency to make sure everybody ends up in the same place. And that's the art of doing a a successful event is you have all these different groups that you got to make happy. So let's jump into some of the Rick and Bubba experiences. I know some of these are traumatizing. Um, I don't know. Rolling so good there, Gene. I don't know. I don't know what year it was. Uh, (laughs) We were still in Gadsden, so it had 1998. Yeah, and you were told that. By my handler. Well, your handler, that, that you needed to be on this show to talk about, this time was it MAPS? MAPS, a referendum to, to raise the sales tax in Jefferson County here in Alabama to build a dome stadium and some other things added on. And you guys reached with your broadcast into northern Je- Jefferson County, oh, yeah. which was a part of the county that was resistance, that, where there was resistance to the tax. Right. And my handler said, you got to go on the show. And I'm like, I gotta drive all the way to Gadsden. Right. And frankly, I'd never heard of you guys. So about halfway there, I tune you in because I couldn't get you from Birmingham. Right. And I said, Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I could feel the energy. Really? I, I'm, I'm just being honest through the radio. <laughs> right. I get there and it's a cinder block building with a dirt parking lot. Yeah. Kid yeah. you not. Yeah. And I see Speedy in the hallway and he starts jumping up and down saying, He's here, he's here, he's here. <laughs> And I walk in, we all hug like we've known each other forever, and within 10 minutes, we had our pants down. <laughs> True story. Yeah, well, let me explain that. Yeah, that, I might that need was, to explain was, that. Yeah, but, so we had, uh, you know, the, the, the bit that really was most instrumental in the show becoming the Rick and Bubba show was, was a bit called Good Old Boy Theater. And that's when Bubba does the Shakespeare and people guess. And so we had a version of it that was called Pantsless Good Old Boy Theater. And we would all sit around in our underwear and do it. And you and you, you had to drop trial. You had to yeah. drop trial. So that's what happened. And I will give you credit. You just you went. You were like, oh, gosh, you know, you were very accommodating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, how could I not be? It was peer pressure. But tell people how tiny that studio was. I, I mean, you were sitting on what was a van seat, we right? Were elbow to, be... to elbow, pantless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit uncomfortable. I don't know these guys. And yeah. Did you think to yourself, I don't know that I want maps to pass this bad. <laughs> well, honestly, I left there. You guys were so gracious. You were within Birmingham within a year. Um, truly, I knew from the get-go you guys were going to be wildly successful because, I mean, the show is just so unique and creative, and uh, you guys have been great partners. Well, and then you you did invite us to the the pro am at that point. The well, first, the first year you didn't make. We didn't we, we, we didn't play. We just well, came. you didn't make it the first year. You, not you, not so, even the broadcast. Right? Not even the broadcast. Oh, really? Yeah, first yeah. year I had to kind of just feel things out a little more. Because now we're a new brand. Yeah, which means some of your established relationships weren't thrilled. Right. About about this Fine new ball. thing that was coming. Right. Just, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And then you finally, finally, and really, if you think about it, oh, from their point of view. When you finally let us come, everything that they thought would happen, it happened. You know, Plus more. Yeah, everything they were warning you about, they'll come down here, they'll try to take the thing over, they'll be loud, they'll attack the other shows, and we did all that. Oh, and more. 
The PGA Tour, I don't, I've never told you all this. They said they cannot come back next year. I just ignored them. Uh, and, and, and oh, they, they'd forget in a year. They, they did, but they said they can't come back. They were too disruptive. <laughs> we were firing uh, Nerf rockets onto the other stuff. We were singing well, the, Rick, we had the, the songs. Well, Rick, yeah. we had the high ground. Yeah, we were up high, yeah. and we well, were firing. Well, the thing is, golf is a quiet sport. It you is. Know, the golf it clap is. and, yeah, and you you have serene. And it was a pro-am yeah. day, but still – it was like Animal House came to Greystone. It was. And I remember this, God rest his soul, because he's passed on now. The other shows were getting upset. It was Andy Spinozzi who looked at the guys that he was doing the show with, and they were upset because the Nerf Rockets were coming down and, and we're doing all this stuff. And Rick, we're, we couldn't help. They were in range. And, and we're, we're really taking over the Pro-Am broadcast. I mean, let's just call it. And you know what he said? He said, they are doing – it right. This is what Birmingham Radio was at one time when it was wildly successful. Right. Because there used to be, I don't know if you ever, you, you weren't here then, but there used to be phenomenal shows that were on everywhere that were super creative with highly talented people. And most of them then went on to even bigger markets. Right. But, but you know, it kind of gotten kind of mundane when all the big corporations bought and everybody just, you know, let's all be calm and read. It came very formatted. It did, very formatted. You got it. Cookie cutter. So you knew that. Well, we really were doing what Birmingham Radio was at one time in the past with Mark and Brian and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, Bert and Kurt and TC and, and, John, and Ed. John Ed and all this. So anyway. Cody so, Calhoun. Yeah, he recognized. Spinozzi did. Frank Jardinia. And, and then, of course, you know us. He walks up the hill. And says, "Can I come on the air with you?" We're like, "Yeah, sure, come yeah, on." He, he, he gets on the air with us, and he's on a competing show. We don't care. I mean, you know, I think they had sent him up there to try to calm us down, and he he said, "Hey, can I go on the air with you guys?" And he thought we would say no way because you just didn't let people from other. And we said, "Yo, yeah, come on. <laughs> there we were we no know rules. you, man. You're a legend. We want." <laughs> and he gets on and says, "Hey, I'm so and so, and I'm from Rock 99." And he expected we us to care. jerk him off. Yeah. We're like, "Yeah, man, you do a great job." <laughs> and so then he started kind of getting into it too, having fun. And you know, it, when when that show finally went away. He started coming on with us as a character and started doing stuff for us. So, all right, we'll come back and we got to talk about the one big moment. That yes, we got to talk about. That. Well, there are many, but that's the biggest. Yeah, it, it is. It is the most the most remembered Rick and Bubba historic moment that happened involving Gene Hallman. When Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. All right, let's get down to it, Bubba. Matter of fact, you and I have been talking about this um, because you know you, you do the you do term life insurance. And and you you're like okay when I pass this is how much I want my family to get okay you you don't want to get complicated about it and so um, so anyway if you if if you try to do that now especially at our age oh boy I mean it can it can be problematic <laughs> yes, it, it can. can well you can have all kind of trouble well this is why I want to introduce you to ladder L A D D E R it is one hundred percent digital. There's no doctors, there's no needles, there's no paperwork. Now listen to this number, because you think I'm about to give you a really low number. I'm not. If you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, $3 million, okay, then you just answer a few questions about your health in the application. You just need a few minutes and a phone or a laptop to apply, and then uh, ladder smart algorithms work in real time, and they'll find out if you're instantly uh, approved. It'll be done. So there's no hidden fees. Cancel anytime you want. Get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. Now, their their policies are issued by insurers with long-proven histories of paying claims. Uh, they're rated A and A-plus by AM Best, uh, 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and they made Forbes Best Life Insurance uh, uh, 2021 list. So why don't you get this done now? Because the bottom line, don't you just want to know 
that if you pass away, that your family's going to get get the that's money. That's what you that, want. That's it. Peace of mind. So go to ladderlife.com slash Rick Bubba, and they will make what well, has been too complicated a simple process. Ladderlife.com slash Rick Bubba, L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash Rick Bubba. All right, so uh, Gene now, Holland. Rick, we, we want to let everybody know, too, we did not have an eclipse during that break. That was just Gene walking in front of the camera. That's all right. You, Gene, <laughs> oh, I, I forgot. You walked right in front of that one. Oh, my gosh. I'm a rookie. That's, Gene, you're better than that. I know Adler will want to edit that out, but I think it's I funny. say no. I, I say, say let her fly. I say leave it. Yeah. All right, so do you remember the year of the incident? 2001. Yeah, he does. So we're doing – now we become – you're letting us come back even though the PGA didn't want us. And y'all quickly became the number one show in town. Yes, and uh, praise God for that. Well, it, can, it, can I ask you this? It, it's Are we talking about speedy streaking? Yes. Are we talking about when we were training dogs to retrieve speedy golf Speedy streaking was first. Yeah, that, that's, And then the trained dogs right. was next. Right. It's <laughs> – Chihuahuas. Thank, thank, thank about what we're Dachshunds. saying. Dachshunds. Dachshunds. That's yeah, what it was. It was, it was, yeah, it was. They dumb. were very good. They too. were good. Uh, that's when the, you we all, we we tried. They were gonna you were gonna ban us from the PGA. Oh podcast. yes, and and so that was serious. It was. So, <laughs> You're messing with the competition then. Right. Right. So so anyway, um, we're on the air, and we started saying we're raising money for Bruno's and all their charities. It's now Regions, and um, and they do give a lot of money to great charities. So one of the things we thought we could raise more money is if we got people to hit a certain amount of money, and St- Speedy said if they did, or we could find it out there on the, the, the live on location, because I think people would just bring cash. I hate to tell you what this really is if you think about it, but, <laughs> but, 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 but Speedy said he would streak across the driving range to yeah. where everybody is practicing. Not the driving range. The pra- is it called the practice? Yeah, the driving range. range. You're yeah. right. Yeah. And he would run. And that means that's all your golfers that are getting warmed up. For- and the head football coach at the University of Alabama at the time, Mike DeBose. That's right. He was warming up. I can still see Mike DeBose's face. Yeah. And G- now I will tell you this, Speedy claims. You might want to correct this and get on the record. Speedy claims, again, this is his claim, that the the phrase that made him commit to doing it was he said, Gene, are you going to get mad? Is it okay? He claims, I, mean, I said I said claim, you can clear your name today, that he thought he heard you say it's okay. He is technically correct. <laughs> I was but, standing there. But I, I didn't know what the question was. I got pulled over. <laughs> you guys were in the middle of it. He's staged in the trees. I didn't know that. He's ready and, to go. And you're like, when place your show, am I good to go? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> so you didn't know what you were committing to? I really didn't. What Rick, about that's Gene's cover over the, the years, right, right. and let's just leave it at that. Well, that's why I'm giving you an opportunity to right. clear your name. You didn't know what you were saying yes to. I really didn't. You were See, by him you. saying yes, but not knowing what he was saying yes to, we're both covered. That's correct. <laughs> so to speak. Now, Speedy was not covered. Yeah. So, so it Speedy. It caused Speedy to be uncovered. Speedy, <laughs> he streaks. He Folks, he, this is probably uh, 200 yards. Oh, yeah. From tree line to tree line, yeah. one end of the range, one side of the range to the other. So he went sideways. If you're out there practicing for your round, whether you're the celebrity <laughs> or golfer, you see him. Oh, yeah. You, you see he him. He is digging and with he, his black shoes on. And he's digging. <laughs> shoes and socks were the only thing that he had on. Right. And, and he dropped his underwear about halfway and had to go back, had to and, get back and get it. Yeah. yeah. So now we need to hear on this exclusive <laughs> interview with Gene Hallman, what did that do to your life that day? Uh, it was it was chaotic. I mean, uh, I I I think the funniest thing was is I went down to the driving range, and Coach Debose pulled me aside and he looked at me and he says, 
country draw, and he said, you know, that boy was naked. <laughs> I said, yeah, Coach, I, I found that out after the fact. Yeah. And then if you remember, we had the local weather incident where 3340. Oh, uh, oh, yes. They yeah. decided they'd be first to show it on TV, and they put it in slow motion without and, watching it. And without watching it. And it was like, whoops. Yeah. So that was, you know, that helped amplify yeah. And complicate the situation. Yeah. They probably should have watched it one time before trying yeah. to be first. And it just kept growing. And by the end of the day, it was speed ran all 18 holes naked. I right. mean, yeah. it just grew. It really and grew before and grew. you knew it, there were streakers all over the place. And yeah. then the PGA Tour said, absolute, <laughs> no way can these guys come this back. This is now the second time they've stayed. Second time you've been banished for life. <laughs> and you just kept having us back. Yeah, I just kept ignoring it because right. I knew. Right. Did they ever say? Did you just? Would you even like uh, just say, "Yeah, I'll look into it"? Or Rick, a year's a long it? time. Yeah, it you is. Know, people forget. So what? What made us do the thing with the dogs? Because he that I, you were not going to let us come. Right? I think we were. Were we banned, or was that when we were trying to get into play? I can't remember. You were trying. No, you're trying to be part of the promotional plan. So I was That's promoting right. the celebrities that right. were coming. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you guys weren't on the list. Yes. Because I was trying to be. You know, careful know. the rest of the media. Was that, that, now, that was the year. No, it was the very, very first year we came that we went on there and did the list of people we outrank. Yes. You, you, it was, it was, you remember that? Uh, we yes. did a whole you – know, we just would run the list and say we outranked them. That in maybe, our mind. Yeah, in our yeah. mind. Yeah. It'd be yeah. like a marginal country singer. Ah, oh, we're bigger than they are. Right. You know? <laughs> um, and and, and, and I'm other like, Birmingham I couldn't media. disagree. Right. <laughs> so we threatened and, and, and people who had dogs that would go get – Golf balls. I had no idea there was that many right. dogs that were trained to retrieve golf balls either. in there. Dachshunds at that. Yeah, I had no idea. Well, and, they'll, they, and they're so fast when they go get them. So, have people ever asked you based on these things we just said? I know you get a lot of promotion from those guys. Are they worth it? <laughs> yeah, it's all the time. <laughs> yeah, all the time. But I quickly say yes. Uh, but I'll be honest. That was the scariest you guys ever made me were the dachshunds. More more so than the streaking? Oh, totally, because, <laughs> A, I knew the dachshunds were coming. Okay, the, 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 the streaking, I didn't know what I was agreeing to. Right. And when you start messing with competition, and, and you're going to do it during the Pro-Am, but still these amateurs pay all this money to play right. in the Pro-Am, right. and, and their balls were going to just be disappearing constantly because right. these dachshunds were going to go get them and take them off somewhere. Right. So you gave into When we demands. were training them in the parking lot, we had the tryouts. I think that's when Gene thought it was real. So yeah, I was basically uh, – rant- I had to pay the ransom and say, yeah, you guys, I'm going to promote you guys. You're, like, going to be all world. And, and back the dachshunds off, and, and it worked. Right. Wait, do you have you ever had to say to any other media source, now back the Dawson, the, the Dotsons off? No, never. <laughs> the Dotsons are too much. Right, and I didn't know I agreed to someone streaking. They're, we got to be the only guys you have fun with that have those kind of issues. Well, yeah, and, and so let's talk about the IndyCar event at Barber. So I announced the fact that you guys are going to be our Grand Marshal. Oh, yes. And the very esteemed gentleman who built this beautiful facility and donated over $100 million to build the Barbara Motorsports It's a very Park, nice facility. Yeah, was is. concerned that the the show following might be too lowbrow for the crowd that we were trying to bring to the IndyCar event. And he said to me, they'll probably show up in shorts to wave the green flag. <laughs> and so I was concerned, and I had a serious conversation with Bubba. I thought it was just between he and I. Next thing you know, he's talking about it on air. <laughs> And on the day of the race, instead of shorts, Bubba's in a suit and tie. That is correct. 
That was a good one. That was that was, that <laughs> that was and you kept I, thinking we were coming to shores. Oh man. yeah, I just knew it. <laughs> Flip flops and a t-shirt. Well, that's it what was Barkley, hot. It was kind of warm. That's what Barkley wore. See, yeah. he he was the year preceding you guys, and oh. that's what he wore. Yeah, but he, so he had a big enough name. It didn't matter what he had on, really. Right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that that it, is that basically what we're saying here. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. All right, let's come back. We'll, Thanks, Gene. We'll, I appreciate it. we got a few more minutes, and we'll wrap up this edition of Rick and Bubba University when we come back. All right, Tommy John. Bubba, you got your Tommy John's on today? Oh, I love my Tommy John's. Tommy John's. And I don't mean shoulder surgery. Well, let me tell you, they're the most comfortable uh, underwear that you wear, or they're going to say that uh, they're they're free. That That's how committed they are, because let's face it, most men – Nobody puts any effort into what we wear as far as underwear, and we think, well, this is the underwear we're stuck with the rest of our lives. But I'm going to tell you what, uh, Tommy John's, you know, we say this all the time on the show, men and women are equal, but they're distinct. Uh, no matter what the world may say, there is there is a distinct difference between how God, uh, God made men and women. And uh, so when it comes to designing things for men and women, you do have to, to have a different design. And Tommy John's, one of the first ones to say, well, let's make underwear that fit men the way they were made. Uh, and let me tell you, that hammock pouch underwear is makes it a lot more comfortable. Uh, I mean, it does. They've got the, the moisture-wicking uh, technology, so you know it helps you stay dry. The legs never ride up, uh, and, and you never have to worry about the rolling waistband. Uh, they fit beautifully, and they don't have customers. They've got fanatics. Uh, so let me tell you, they've, they've sold over 17 million pair, and men all across America love Tommy John underwear, and so do we. Did you know it's Tommy John's anniversary month? So whether you're trying them for the first time or you've been a longtime fan like us, you can get 25% off site-wide right now at TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. That's TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba, 25% off site-wide. And remember, they're either the most comfortable pair you've ever worn or they're free. We're back uh, with Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Bubba, we got just uh, maybe seven more minutes or so with Gene Hall. Well, there's so much more to cover that we're not going to get to. But, Gene, I really enjoyed working with you when you brought the federal uh, Fed Cup uh, to Birmingham and uh, dealing with the USTA. The that, that was great to see you in action. I, I got to work a little closer and watch Gene in action on that one, Rick. And so, it was, it Rick, was a thing of we, beauty. What we did is we brought the Davis Cup to town. It was Switzerland versus the U.S. Roger Federer agreed to compete coming to Birmingham, Alabama. We formed a tennis committee of volunteers to help us sell tickets to the grassroots of the tennis community. Bubba's on that committee. Oh, yes. So I had to put up a lot of money, guarantees, financial guarantees, pay for the facility. It was a risky proposition, even those big names, because the USTA wanted a large sum of money. So I'm nervous. I'm, I'm, put, I'm sweating the financials. And the day before the Davis Cup begins, we had a newspaper at the time, you know, Birmingham News, headline article <laughs> with a big photograph, Bubba Bussy brings the Davis Cup to Birmingham. <laughs> he hijacked the whole thing. Well, I can thank well, you I mean, two for that little dandy. Well, the face of tennis. Yeah. Was he not, honestly, let's just get real for a minute. Oh, that's true. He played a key role in that being successful. Totally. Rick's favorite part of that, Rick, uh, Gene, was when we actually had a show on the road. It was in it. Panama City. I can't, you flipped a and, switch with and, him. I've never seen flipping. And we before. have to fly in and out on the morning of the broadcast. It's just cheaper to do that than carry the whole staff and meals and travel. But we had a meeting. We had the, the USTA people coming into town, uh, and we had a lunch meeting that day. So we had to 
breakdown in, in Panama City, get back here. I had to get a suit on and be at the club on the mountain for noon. And I got there. I walked in right at right at noon. But Rick claimed it was the strangest uh, Gene, event I ever did. Gene, have you ever – let me put you, – you, there's a lot of things that put you in a very elite place. I know of no one, no one in the history of the Rick and Bubba show that could tell Bill Bubba Bussy, I have a meeting concerning a promotion that I need you to be at on a day we're on the road in another state. So as soon as you get back after getting up even earlier than you normally have to to get on the plane and get down there and get set up. <laughs> yeah, very early. As soon as you hit the ground back in Alabama, I need you to come in a suit, please, to a lunch. I can only name one person in the history of this show that has ever got that done, and that is Gene Halbin. That alone, you deserve this honor that you're about to get. <laughs> well, to be honest, on the other end, we were, we, the United States Tennis Association now, and the players were like, where's Bubba? Where's Bubba? And he walked in, they, Bubba's here. <laughs> <laughs> I really believe. True story. I believe if they told Bubba, I believe if they told Bubba, and I know he loves me, it's not a dig, I believe if they told Bubba, just to his limitations that he has, okay? We all have limitations. I believe if they said more than ever, we've, we realized Rick was getting worse during the show today. We think he is seriously ill. The minute this plane lands, you need to drive him to the hospital downtown Birmingham. He said, Speedy, you know, I, can you do that? I mean, I, I mean, because you know we've been doing the show all morning. I got up so early. I, uh, Rick hopefully will be okay. Uh, but and it's not that I don't want to and I don't care. I just can't do that. I, I just think can't. if Betty were in labor at the hospital, he would tell the doctor not to induce labor, to slow it down so he could go to the press conference. Just hold on. Hold yeah. On. You've gotten him involving in tennis, only tennis. You've gotten him to do things involving in t- tennis that I've never seen. They're, 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 they're historic. It's quite remarkable. It really is. Well, the is. Davis Cup event was very successful, followed up by the Fed Cup. Yeah, mm-hmm. U.S. versus Russia, and we played that up. Oh, yeah. Gotta well, you got it now. Oh, yeah. you, you, you didn't sweat that second one. <laughs> no, I didn't. You, you got it now. <laughs> we actually had three. You know, all yeah, three went. That's right. The first one you didn't know. I didn't know. But after that, once you got the face, <laughs> yeah. oh, you were done. Well, the players. Hey, there's Bubba. Yeah. I mean, Andy Roddick, most famous American uh, player. Oh the time. Hey, there's Bubba. Yeah. Well, I do want to say this. Before Y'all we, got me in so much trouble over that. Before we, <laughs> before we wrap up. You really people you know, who actually worked right. <laughs> didn't appreciate the comedy of that. <laughs> you, you have played a major role uh, in uh, you know this part of the country. Um, the things you've done to cast this wonderful place that a lot of people don't know about the best kept secret of where we actually live, uh, and the things that you and I know you do things all over the country, and and other people benefit from you. But the the the, the a lot of you don't know this. We just found out a minute ago. Gene is going to be. Uh, put into the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame, which is a great honor. So congratulations on that. And rightly so. And rightly Thank so, you. because the, the the state of Alabama, which I bet when you were living in South Carolina, you would never say, you know, my home state. <laughs> uh, I know that's still South Carolina, but you are truly an Alabamian now. And what you've done for sports and for our state and for the economy, people will never, ever comprehend how much it's impacted the economy and how the city has been able to grow. And some of the things that we were trying to get done sooner, you see some of those finally coming around. Uh, and all that has to do with a lot of people, but I know your leadership and what you've done for the state, especially involving the category of sports, has been uh, remarkable and well-deserved. So congratulations on that. Rick, I don't speak to faith and how God leads a person in their life 
like you do. I mean, you, you're a natural. But truly, when I look back over the course of 30 years, it's not a bunch of coincidences. Sure. It was God's hand the whole way. And, 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 and I, I knew it, but I didn't completely appreciate it until I look back on it. And I'm so grateful because he, he got at me every step of the way. And, and it's just emboldened me to speak to faith and how God can lead your life in the right direction if you'll let him. Yeah. Let him take the steering wheel, whatever the country song analogy is. <laughs> right. it, it's true. Yeah. It's so true. And, and I've been so blessed. And it's people like you guys who've been a big part of the journey. Well, you having to go between these organizations and government and, and all make this happen, I, it takes a special person to pull that off, and you have done a wonderful job at it. So thanks for always, thanks. you know, we, we certainly um, respect you and thank you for what you've done, but you also believed in this show when a lot of people didn't. So thanks for that, too. Thank you, guys. Love you. Yeah, love you, too. Gene Hallman, thanks uh, to all of you for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. <laughs>